just had the idea. Um, I realized that a lot of my favorite stories were kind of like these boy with a dragon egg stories, right? Um, one of my favorite stories of all time is uh, Dragon's Blood by, Bar or by uh, Jane Yolen. Just absolutely amazing book and things like that. And I thought, well, that's the kind of story I like, but it's been done to death. But then I thought, hey, I can do a different version of that. So this story, the basic premise is um, it's uh, how to train your dragon, but instead um, it's a girl who finds a spaceship and goes to top gun school. Uh, so it's like a mashup between like Top Gun and Ender's Game and How to Train Your Dragon with uh, with a, an old broken down spaceship with a really weird personality. Um, and I'm gonna read you the prologue of this, which happens when the main character is uh, is rather young. So, by the way. This is first draft, and Peter hasn't even seen this yet, so uh, I apologize for bits. Mother always said that climbing to the surface of the planet required a person with a special mix of bravery and stupidity. Even at five, I could see that she deliberately said that when father was near. And I figured it probably took an extra special combination of bravery and stupidity to grin when she said it, then take your five-year-old daughter with you next time. Of course, I was completely grown up and utterly capable as a five-year-old girl. I was sure of this as I hiked through the rubble cavern after father, passing lines and lines of pointed rocks on the grounds on the ground. What was that funny name they had? A lot of them were broken from the bombings and the meteorite impacts. Things I had often felt down below as a rattling of dishware or a trembling in the light fixtures. I imagined the rock things as broken the broken bodies right. Okay, I imagined that the rock things were the broken bodies of my enemies. Bones shattered, broken arms reaching toward the sky in a useless gesture of total and utter defeat. I was a very weird little girl. <laughs> my light, a small sphere of molten energy, glowed with a deep and angry red glow, making the shadows seem to quiver and shake as I ran after father. He looked back and smiled, and he had the best smile, so confident and sure, like he never worried about what people said about him. Never worried that he was weird or that he didn't fit in. Of course, why should he? Everyone liked him. Like everyone. Even people who hated things like ice cream and playing swords. Stupid whiny little, uh, or even stupid whiny little Raj McCaffrey. Even they knew that father was awesome. He took me by the arm and pointed upward. Next part is a little tricky, Spencer, he said. Let me lift you up. I can do it, I said immediately, and shook off his arm. I was grown up. I'd even packed my own backpack, and I'd left my doll, named Destroyer, naturally, at home. <laughs> Dolls were for babies, even if you'd fashioned your own full battle armor for them out of string and broken pieces of ceramic. <laughs> now, I had brought my toy fighter ship, of course. I wasn't crazy. What if we ended up getting caught in a Krell attack and they bombed our retreat, so we had to live out the rest of our lives as wasteland survivors, devoid of society or civilization? A girl needs her toy starfighter with her, just in case. I handed my backpack to father and looked up at the crack in the stones above. The cavern seemed to end here, and there was something about that hole up there, a light that didn't seem naturally, wholly unlike the soft red magma light of our home cave of Igneous. The surface, the sky, things I'd heard about my whole life but never seen. I grinned and started climbing, pulling myself up the steep slope toward the crack. My hands scraped the rock as I, as I slipped, but I didn't cry. The daughters of starfighters did not cry. 
I gritted my teeth and kept climbing, climbing up the rocks. The crack wasn't that high up, but it looked like a hundred feet away in my eyes. I hated being so small. Any day now, I was going to go tall like my father. Then for once, I wouldn't be the smallest kid around. I'd be so tall, I'd laugh at them from so up high, and they'd be forced to admit how great I was. I growled softly as I reached the top of a rock and scrambled up. I was climbing something that was half rubble, half rock wall, and the next knob I needed to get was just out of reach. I eyed it, then I jumped, determined, like a good, defiant girl. I had the heart of a star dragon, and the body of a five-year-old, so I missed by a good two feet. <laughs> a strong hand seized me from behind before I could fall too far. Father chuckled, holding me by the back of my jumpsuit, which I which I'd painted with markers to look like his flight suit, with a safety pin marking where he wore his pilot's pen. He pulled me up back onto the rock beside him, then reached out with his right hand and acti activated his light line. He wore the device like a metal band, or the device as a metal band, like a bracelet. But once he engaged it by tapping thumb and little finger, the band glowed with a bright molten light. He touched a stone up above, and when he drew his hand back, it left a thick line of light, like a glowing rope, attached to the rock. He stuck the other end to me, wrapping it around so it fits snug under my arms. I always thought that light lines should be hot and burned to the touch, but they were instead just snugly warm, like a hug. Okay, Spencer, he said, try it again. I don't need this, I said, plucking at the safety rope. Humor a worried father. Worried? You aren't worried of anything. You fight the Krell. He laughed. I'd rather face a hundred Krell ships than your mother on the day I bring you home with a broken arm, little one. I'm not little, I snapped, and if I break my arm, you can leave me here until I'll he I heal. I'll fight the beasts of the caverns and become feral and wear their skins and... Climb, he said, grinning. You can fight the beasts of the caverns another time. Though I think the only ones you'll find have long tails and buck teeth. I had to admit, having the light line was helpful. I could pull against it to brace myself, and, and, it, and if I fell, I'd only go a few feet. I was brave, but that still felt nice. We reached the crack and Father pushed me up first. I grabbed the lip of the rock above and scrambled out of the caverns for the first time in my life. It was so open. I gaped, just standing there, looking up at, at nothing. Just, just upness. No ceiling, no walls. I'd imagined it as a really, really big cavern, but I was wrong. Wow. My father heaved himself up after me then dusted the dirt from his flight suit, his silvery pilot's pin twinkling, reflecting light um, from where he wore it on his breast. He always had to be ready to scramble to fight in case the Krell attacked. I glanced at him, then back up at the sky, and grinned widely. Not frightened? he asked. I glared at him. Sorry, he said. Wrong word. It's just a lot of people find the sky intimidating, Spencer. The first time they see it, they think it's wrong. It's beautiful. I whispered. There's so much of it. He knelt beside me. The sky was darker than I'd assumed, but I guess that was the rubble belt. I'd been taught about it in lessons, while I worked with the other kids testing screws on machine parts. Our planet, Detritus, was protected and hidden by a huge veil of broken refuse that was way up high, even outside the air, out in space. It was left over some great space battle from a long time ago. I could see it, I thought, up there, a black haze, like a really thick asteroid belt. Pieces frequently fell down and smashed to the ground, which was part of why it was so dangerous up here. The Krell were the other one, of course. They came down through the debris sometimes, alien starfighters that would bomb the surface and search for humans. 
Father's job, with the others of his flight, was to be ready in case they found us. He had to fight them off, destroy them, keep them from reporting back to the rest of the enemy. There were so many, they could completely wipe us out if they knew for certain we were here. Only by hiding and destroying the enemy squadrons who got close could we keep surviving. Everyone whispered that we were in trouble, that the enemy flights were coming more often, perhaps because of the suspicious disappearance of their scouting ships. I wasn't worried, though, because Father would fight them all off. I just hoped there would still be some left to fight when I got my own ship. A bit of something flashed in the sky, and I hoped to be able to see a Krell ship, but it was just a bit of debris, debris falling and making a streak of light in the sky. It fell down, but didn't come near us, which was disappointing. Still, I squinted, trying to pick out where it hit. I'd been so busy gaping at the sky, I hadn't really looked at the ground around me. It was full of craters and broken chunks of rock. I kicked at the dusty ground, which was dry and puffed beneath my foot. The place was mostly just blue-gray, gravel and dust, shone on by some filtered light from behind the rubble belt. The sun was hidden back there, I knew, like a huge, enormous, super-powerful version of the magnumosphere I used for light. A piece of debris burned, the piece of debris burned up before it hit the ground. Where's Alta Base? I said to Father. Is that it? I pointed, pointed towards some suspicious rocks. It's that. I want to go see the Starfighters. Father leaned down and turned me about 90 degrees, then pointed. It's over there. Where? I can't see it. That's the point, Spencer. He looked upward. No children are allowed in the hangar. You know that. I'll take you, take you when you're old enough. I'm going to have my own ship, I said. I'm going to fly it just like you. Then nobody will be able to make fun of me because I'll be famous. Is that why you want to be a pilot? They can't say you're too small when you're a pilot, I said. Nobody will think I'm weird, and I won't get into trouble for fighting because my job will be fighting. They won't call me names, and everyone will love me. That made Father hug me for some stupid reason, even though I was just saying stuff that was true. But I hugged him back, because parents like things like that. <laughs> Besides, it did feel good to have someone to hold. Maybe I shouldn't have left Destroyer behind. Father's breath caught, and I thought he might be crying or something, but it wasn't that. Spencer, he said, turning to me, look! He pointed toward the sky, and again I was struck by it. So big! Father was pointing at something specific. I squinted, noting that a section of the dark debris field was lighter. No, it was missing. A hole in the sky? In that moment, I looked out into infinity. I found myself trembling, like a billion meteors hit nearby. What are those lights? I whispered. Stars, he said. We used to live out there, to fly up there, near the debris. Beyond it, even. But I've almost never seen through it. There are too many layers, and it's too thick. Once in a while, you get a glimpse, though. There was an awe in his voice as he said it, a tone I didn't think I'd ever heard from him before. Is that why you fly? I asked. Father didn't seem to care about the praise everyone gave him. Strangely, he always seemed embarrassed of it, and talked about just wanting to get back into his ship. Wasn't that why everyone... Wasn't that... Oh, what? Wasn't the fame the, re, the point of becoming a pilot? Stupid Raj McCaffrey said it was. Father pointed again, drawing my attention back to the hole in the sky. Drink it in, he whispered. See it, our real home. That's where we belong, not in those caverns. The kids who make fun of you, they're trapped on this rock. Their heads are the heads of rock, and their hearts are set upon rock. Be different. Set your sights on something higher, something more grand. The debris shifted, and the hole shrank, until all I could see was a single star, brighter than the others. Claim the stars, Spencer, he said. The debris finally covered up the hole, closing off our view of space. 
Near to the hole, another piece of debris fell, burning brightly in the sky. Then another fell, then dozens. Father gasped and was reaching for his personal radio. A super advanced piece of technology was given only to pilots. He lifted the blocky device to his mouth, but sounds started coming out of it before he could talk. Large crowd breach sighted, the voice came through the radio. Emergency, an extremely large group of fighters have breached the debris field. All fighters report in. There was a pause. Sky, help us. They're heading right for Alta Base. They found us. Father lowered his radio, then looked at me. Let's get you back. They need you, I said, refusing to budge. You've got to go fight. I have to get you. I can get back myself. It was a straight trip through the cavern, except that last turn. I'll get home. He debated, glancing back toward the debris. Signed that the Krell had blasted a hole in the debris to get their starfighters down through. The radio crackled again. I got a chill listening to it. Hearing the radio is a rare treat, usually limited to sitting in the cavern square and listening to broadcasts with hundreds of others. Chaser, a new voice said over the radio. Chaser, are you there? Mongrel, father said, flipping a different switch. I'm here, up on the surface. On the surface? Did you hear the call? I did. Hot rocks, this is the big one, Mongrel said. I'm heading to the elevator. You're not going to beat me into the sky, are you? The man sounded eager, maybe a little too excited to be heading into battle. I liked him immediately. <laughs> Father debated only a moment longer before pulling off his bracelet light line and stuffing it in my hands. Promise you go back straight away. I promise. Don't doubt it. I won't. He raised his radio. Mongrel, radio the flight command to tell them I'm running for Alta Base. I can probably join the first flight. He dashed across the dusty ground in the direction he pointed out earlier. He stopped, however, and turned back toward me, then pulled off his pin and tossed it like a glittering fragment of light itself to me. I caught it. Then he was off, running, occasionally sliding down the slope to reach the hidden base. I, of course, immediately broke my promise. <laughs> I climbed back into the crack to make him think I was obeying, but hid there and watched until I saw the starfighters leave the section of rock below and streak toward the sky. I squinted and picked out the dark krell ships swarming down. Finally, showing a rare bout of good judgment, I decided I'd better do what Father had told me. I used the light line to lower myself back into the cavern, where I recovered my backpack and headed off down the tunnels. I figured if I hurried, I'd get back in time to listen to the broadcast of the fight, with the announcer explaining what was happening. I was wrong, though, as the hike was longer than I remembered, and I did manage to get lost, despite it being a relatively straight path. So I was wandering down there, imagining the glory of some awesome battle happening above, when my father famously broke ranks and fled from the enemy, his own flight of ships shotting down in retribution. By the time I got back, the battle had been won, but my father was dead, and I had been branded the daughter of a coward.